कृष्ण प्रेषा भूतले श्रीमते भक्ति वेदातामिने नमस्ते सारस्वते देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेषाशून्यवादी पाश्चातिणे जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंदीअद्वैत गाधरा श्रीवासादी गौरभक्तवृंद नमो महावदन्या कृष्ण प्रेम प्रदाते कृष्णाय कृष्ण चैतन्य नाने गौरदे नम नमो ब्रह्मण्य देवाय गोभ्राह्मणहिताय जगद्धिताय कृष्णा गोविंदय नमो नम हे कृष्ण करुणा सिंधो दीनबंधो जगत्पते गोपेशा गोपिका कांता राधा कांत नमोस्तुते सप्तकांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी ऋषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरि प्रिय वाचाकुभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतितना पावनेभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नम हरे कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे ओम अज्ञान मृंद ज्ञानंजन चलाया चक्षुरुन्मिलित मेन तस्म श्री गुरुवे नम So today we are starting with a brand new uh, shloka. We are already in the session number five, and today let's continue from where we had stopped previous week. So in the previous week we saw that how Bhishma, in shloka number twelve, blows his conch and gives lot of joy to Duryodhana. that don't worry duryodhana i am going to be here to fight with you and i'll give you complete support from my side so that was bhishma's confidence uh, giving confidence to duryodhana and in shloka number 13 we understood that how there were so many other people who were blowing their conchs and they were also blowing their musical instruments It is said that तत्शंकस्त भेरियच्छा पाणवानक गोम कहा सहस्त्रेवाप्यनंत्यंता 
I am displaying this beautiful picture of how the Supreme Lord has taken the position of a chariot driver. So this is very interesting. As we see in the movies, you know when the there is an entry of a hero, uh, there is a beautiful uh, costly car and the car zooms very fast into the scene and then gradually the door opens and then finally the hero steps down and he is not shown directly, the focus is on the shoes and you know he is wearing the jeans and gradually the camera shifts to his beautiful face, the handsome face of the hero. So this is exactly how here now, in this Parthasarthi word, here Vyasadeva is explaining how the supreme heroes, both the twin heroes Arjuna and Krishna are entering in their chariot. Of course those times there were no cars, but right now here they are coming in chariot and these chariots are not ordinary chariots, they are extremely powerful chariots. So like heroes, entry, the entry of the heroes is now happened in this Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita, in this particular shloka, the heroes are entering. Both Arjuna and Krishna have entered now into the scene of the Bhagavad Gita. Until now, it was just a description about the armies and Duryodhana's diplomacy, but now the heroes have entered into the scene. So very beautifully, this shloka also happens to be or considered by many Acharyas as the Shanti Mantra of the Bhagavad Gita. So what happens is in Vedic tradition, whenever there is any auspicious occasion and especially when there is a discussion between the Guru and Shishya, there are the Shanti Mantras that have been chanted. So now we may wonder how is this Shanti Mantra? So some Acharyas explain, Tata Shvetel Hayayukte Shveta so there were this chariot was not an ordinary chariot. So this chariot had four horses. Shweta. Shweta means white horses. They were not ordinary horses, but they were white horses. So these white horses actually represent the four Vedas: the Samaveda, Yajurveda, Atharvaveda, and the Rigveda. So these four horses represent the four Vedas and then the blowing of the conscience that we say Vivyavshankhau, the divine conscience that have been blown in this shloka are actually representing the Omkara, the Om that we chant and any Vedic mantra begins with the Omkara. So here the blowing of the conscience represents the Omkara that is the Shanti mantra and then it is also said that uh, there are two Shankars blown. Arjuna also has blown his conscience and Madhava has also blown his conscience. Krishna has blown his conscience. So, the conscience of uh, Krishna represents the Guru. The conscience of Arjuna represents the Shishya. So, there is the Samvada that is going to happen. And the blowing of these conscience actually represents now that there is going to be a wonderful discussion between the Guru and Shishya. So this is the beginning now. There is going to be a wonderful dialogue between Arjuna, the Shishya and the Supreme Master Krishna. This is going to be very interesting. Very very interesting. So by the way, we should know that this chariot 
was so powerful that it could conquer all the ten directions. And this particular chariot was actually given as a gift to Arjuna by Agni Dev. So long time ago, when uh, the Pandavas were sent to Khandavpras because uh, they could not be in Hastinapura because of the diplomacy and the cruel nature of uh, Dhritarashtra and his sons, they were given a certain portion of the whole kingdom of uh, Hastinapura and they were sent to the Khandava Prastha, which was actually a barren land. Nobody could reside there and Pandavas were sent to this barren land. So that is when Arjuna and Krishna were in Khandavpras and when they were in Khandavpras, it so happened that once a Brahmana approaches them and this Brahmana approached Arjuna and said, Oh my dear king, you see the king in the previous uh, country which I had been to, he fed me so much, he has given me so much of good grains that right now I have some stomach upset and I need to get some medicinal herbs. Actually you see that there is this Khandava forest which has the medicinal herbs but I cannot go there because that forest is infested with snakes and the king of the snakes, Takshaka, also resides there. And this Takshaka is specially protected by Indra, so I cannot go there and get the medicinal herbs. Please do something, get something for me. So now, uh, as a Kshatriya, although uh, this Brahmana was uh, not a Brahmana, he was Agni himself, disguised as a Brahmana. So Agni had come in the form disguised as a Brahmana. So this Arjuna thought it's a very good opportunity to serve the Brahmana. But then he said, oh, my dear Brahmana, I will definitely help you. But I need a chariot. How can I go? I don't have my bow and arrow right now. Can you please help me to get a chariot and a bow and arrow? So Brahmana said, all right, I can get that for you. And that is when this Brahmana, who is Agni himself, he summoned Varunadev. So Varuna had to come and Agni instructed Varunadev, can you please go deep into the ocean and get that beautiful, powerful Gandiva, that bow, Gandiva bow which is there deep within the ocean. Varuna said, yes, definitely I will get it. And it also has that the two quivers. This two quivers were so powerful and inexhaustible that any amount of arrows could be taken out. So those uh, two very mystical quivers and this powerful Gandiva bow was bought by Varuna from the ocean and was given as gift to Arjuna. So Gandiva, that's why Arjuna's another name is Gandivadhari because he holds this powerful bow Gandiva. And then Agni also informed, he also informed that uh, my dear Varuna, can you please go to the Chandra also, Moon God and then you can go and get that wonderful chariot from Moon God and that is when uh, Varuna goes to Moon and gets that very powerful, beautiful the chariot which is now used by both Arjuna and Krishna. So this chariot is not an ordinary chariot, a very very powerful chariot. So uh, it cannot, and that is when Arjuna sat on this uh, chariot, he goes into the forest and completely destroys the whole forest and this Agni consumed 
the whole forest and he was satisfied uh, by Arjuna's uh, service and that is how this uh, gift was given to Arjuna. And uh, Takshaka also took a vow that I am not going to leave this Pandava family. I will be the reason to end the family of Pandavas. And that is how Takshaka, who was a snake, uh, later on comes and bites Parishit, who was the last descendant of the Pandavas. That we will discuss later. That is another story for another day. So, on this chariot now, in this uh, fourth shloka, very few 14 shloka, it is very nicely said here, Divyog Shanko Pradat Matuhu. And what is this uh, divine concept? We'll understand in the next shloka. But very important point here is Parthasarthi. Krishna has become the Parthasarthi. Actually, Krishna, before the war had begun, you know, when the divisions of armies were happening, uh, because the whole world was uh, divided between two parties, that is, one who took the side of the Kauravas and another side who took the side of the Pandavas. And when uh, it was the turn of Krishna, the uh, Dwarka, yes, the Edus, to take part in the battle, both Duryodhana and Arjuna both had gone to Krishna to seek help and that is when Duryodhana chose to take the army of Krishna and Krishna had told that one side is my army and another side I will be the chariot driver. So you decide whom you want to do, whom you want to take. So Duryodhana took the army, one Akshohini army, the Narayani Sena of Arjuna, Krishna was taken by Duryodhana and Arjuna decided to actually take Krishna on his side and that is the Supreme Lord who is sitting right now as a chariot, chariot uh, driver. Krishna is Nayakanam Shiromani. He is the Shiromani of all the leaders. You take any leader in the world, he is the topmost leader, Krishna the Supreme Lord. But here, that Supreme Lord, the Supreme Master, is taking a very humble position of a chariot driver. So this is his Bhaktavatsalya. You know the Supreme Lord is uh, so compassionate and is so loving that he doesn't mind taking a minimal position like a chariot driver for his uh, devotees. When we see in the movies, the, the hero is focused, the chauffeur is never taking care, he is never uh, into the scene at all. But here, the chariot, chariot driver is not an ordinary chariot. That is why when Sanjaya is mentioning the names in this particular shloka, Sanjaya is taking Madhava's name first and then Pandava. Madhava Pandava's Chaiva. This chariot driver is not an ordinary chariot. His name has to be taken. So, <laughs> Sanjaya is not missing out the chariot driver here. So, that is how, uh, this is a very beautiful word, it's called the Parthasarthi word. Uh, if you go to Chennai, visit Chennai, there is a very beautiful uh, temple, actually it is one of the Divya Desham. So, in Chennai, there is this temple of uh, Parthasarthi. And this is the, probably only one temple where you will see Krishna having moustache. Because he was on a chariot as a Parthasarthi and he was a Kshatriya. So, in this temple you will see uh, Krishna having a moustache. So, that is in Chennai, it's one of the Divya Desham. So, if you happen to visit the Chennai, you can visit the uh, Parthasati temple. So, this word is the Parthasati word. So, alright. So, let's, let's go to the next uh, uh, shloka, a very interesting shloka now. So, please repeat after me, line after line. Panchajanyam Rishikesho 
the Supreme Lord Krishna is now going to control and direct the senses of Arjuna going forward in this discussion of Bhagavad Gita. So Rishikesha is now going to give wonderful direction to the senses of Arjuna because Arjuna is going to be confused. In the next sloka we will understand this very soon. So that is very nice and interesting. So now we will let us understand. We all also should understand this fact that my senses are not my senses, they actually belong to the Supreme Lord. Our senses, this body that we have got, is not our own body. We have not manufactured this body. Have we manufactured? No. In fact, when our parents also conceive, they have no control once the child is conceived, what happens within the mother's womb. Oh, child, the parents cannot decide. Oh, let me have a boy child and let me have a girl child. Oh, my child should have this kind of eyes. My child should have nice big ears, nice nose. No, the parents have no control what happens within the womb of a mother. Who directs? The Supreme Lord within the mother's womb directs and manufactures this body. We have not manufactured. So he is actually the master of this body and the senses. And we should understand this fact and use this body in his service. So that is the perfection of human body. That is the perfection of human life. And no other species can understand this fact. It is extremely important for us to know that this body is a gift given to us by the Supreme Lord and we have no right to exploit this body. We should not exploit this human body in simply eating, sleeping, mating and depending. This human body is understood to be the topmost of all the different species. So this human body should be utilized for God realization. This human body should be understood, utilized to know what is the real truth of life. And that is what Rishikesha is going to direct Arjuna in this very beautiful words now and going forward. So here, Krishna is the first one to blow the conscious right now. Panchajanyam Rishikesho. He is going to blow the conscious and he already blown the conscious. On the Pandava side, Krishna is the first one to blow his conscience, Panchajanyam. Krishna is so wonderful and he is perfect in all his actions. Anything that he does is perfect in itself. Every role that Krishna plays is perfect. Krishna as a small child, as a small wonderful son, was perfectly playing the role of a son when he was under the care of Nanda Baba and Yashoda Mahi. So beautifully he was giving joy to Yashoda and Nanda Baba. And as he grew little older, he was giving wonderful uh, joy to his friends, his childhood friends, the Gopabalas. You know, he played a wonderful perfect role of a friend. That is the beauty of Krishna. And as he was coming into youth, he entered the youth, he was playing a perfect role of a lover. And he had so much uh, relationship, beautiful uh, relationship filled with mellows with the gopis. Krishna had 16,108 wives and he maintained each of the wives so perfectly. We can't do that. And on the contrary, if you see, look at us, the, each and every role we try to play is somewhere imperfect. 
You try to satisfy your mother, somebody else will be dissatisfied, your friend will be dissatisfied, your wife will be dissatisfied. You try to satisfy your wife, your children will be dissatisfied. You know, we are trying to perfect our relationship, perfect the situation, but that doesn't happen really. But Krishna is not like that. Krishna is perfect in all in all, in every situation, in every relationship, in every dealing that he does. So here also, very interestingly, Panchajanyam. So when uh, Krishna was playing the role of a student, Krishna Mande Jagat Guru, he is actually the guru of the whole world and the universe. But here, Krishna, when he comes and plays his Leela, he is teaching us that we need to accept a guru. So the Supreme Lord himself accepted a guru, Sandipani Muni. So, in 64 days, both Krishna and Balram learned 64 arts. 64 days, 64 arts. One day they learned embroidery, one day they learned how to make pottery, one day they learned how to do painting, one day, one day they learned how to swing, how to play musical instruments. All in one day they learned 64 arts in 64 days. So that is the beauty of Krishna and Balram. So as a Guru Dakshina, Sandipani Muni requested Krishna and Balram Please help me get my sons from the demon who has kidnapped and who took away my sons. And that is when Krishna as a perfect student, as a perfect disciple of his uh, guru, Sandipani Muni, he finds this demon called Panchajanya. This Panchajanya had actually taken away the sons of Sandipani Muni and deep within the ocean he was hiding. So Krishna goes deep within the ocean, finds this Panchajanya demon and uh, kills this demon and this demon had this very wonderful divine conch which he was using as a crown and this was taken by uh, Krishna and Krishna started using this Panchajanyam so that same Panchajanya is right now here and is blowing this Panchajanyam Rishikesho Devadattam Dhananjayaha so Arjuna's function is called Devadatta Dhananjayaha. So Arjuna's another name is Dhananjayaha. From the birth, Arjuna was also called as Dhananjaya. Why Dhananjaya? Because Dhananjaya means one who possesses a lot of wealth. And Arjuna was uh, such a great uh, brother among the Pandavas that any time they were in need of money it was Arjuna who always went and got a lot of wealth for his brother Yudhishthira to rule and in fact it so happened that now after this whole uh, war of Kurukshetra uh, there was uh, all that massacre that had happened and uh, uh, millions and millions of soldiers have died and uh, all throughout the world, after the Kurukshetra, there was economic crisis and this is true, whenever there is a war, whenever there is a, a lot of uh, war between two countries, we see that there is a economic collapse because most of the resources are used up in the war. So that exactly uh, happened even after the uh, war of Kurukshetra and uh, to overcome this economic crisis, Yudhishthira decided to have uh, perform uh, Ashwamedha Yagna. So for that they needed a lot of wealth. 
and that is when Arjuna as Dhananjaya was sent to fetch lot of wealth from a place where there was a mountain of gold. <laughs> Actually it so happened that there was a king. This king had done lot of tapasya. His name was Marut I guess. He had done lot of tapasya and he had pleased Lord Shiva and Lord Shiva had given him the whole mountain of gold so that he can give charity to lot of brahmanas. Now brahmanas are very simple people. They will take little bit whatever they want and uh, you know they can uh, uh, use little bit and they can be happy with little. But here <coughs> the amount of gold that was still remaining was so huge and the mountain of gold was still there in, in spite of giving charity to so many brahmanas. So what happened now was Arjuna went to this place and he actually got a lot of wealth and uh, he helped Yudhishthira to somehow solve this problem of economic crisis after the war. But his name was Dhananjaya even before this economic crisis had arrived. So Arjuna that is why is called as Dhananjaya here, he is referred to as Dhananjaya. Poundram Dadmau, Poundram is the conscience of Bhima. So Bhima is extremely powerful very very powerful and his conch shell is also very very powerful Poundram is very powerful Mahashankam it is not an ordinary Shanga it is Mahashankam Bhimakarma Vrikodaraha Vrikodaraha so Bhima had his name Vrikodaraha why is he called as Vrikodaraha Vrika means Kul, Udara means Belly. So why is Bhima called as Vrikodara? It is because of his powerful appetite. Bhima had an appetite like a wolf. That's why he's called Vrikodara. So uh, when Draupadi uh, had uh, married all these five Pandavas, Kunti who is a mother-in-law she was instructing Draupadi my dear Kun, my dear Draupadi whenever the five brothers they go get some food from the forest you have to divide that food into two halves one half you need to give it to Bhima and the other five, other half will be Share between all of us. Earlier we five used to share it, now you have joined us, so you have to share it within six of us. So whenever there is food, divide it in two halves, one half goes to Bhima and the rest half actually is taken by the other family members. So you can imagine the appetite of uh, Bhima and in fact when uh, Draupadi, not Draupadi, before marriage uh, when uh, Kunti and Nakul Sahadev they used to walk continuously uh, in the forest they used to get tired and when they used to get tired Bhima was one who used to carry Kunti on the shoulders and sometimes Nakul and Sahadev also he used to carry them on the shoulders and nice he easily carried as if he's an elephant like an elephant used to carry all these people so he was extremely powerful, no comparison 
there is this very beautiful instance I am sure you must be aware that when Bhima was just born, you know, when he was blessed by Vayudev uh, and Kunti received his blessing of Vayudev from uh, you know Vayudev and Kunti uh, uh, was having this child accidentally this small baby Bhima he fell from the mountain top and Pandu and Kunti actually they lost their heartbeat and for that moment they thought okay we lost our child but still with some hope they rushed down the down down, down the hill and they checked Bhima was so happy lying down on the rock and the rock had broken he was perfectly fine but the rock had broken that is the strength of Bhima and uh, although you know it is very great uh, that Arjuna fought and many other great uh, warriors on the Pandava side they fought very uh, valiantly but we should not forget that Bhima is one who destroyed the Kaurava family the whole Kaurava brothers, 100 brothers were killed by Bhima single-handedly not an ordinary thing she was so powerful he doesn't need any Bhima doesn't need any weapons no astra and shastra required. Just by the power of his fist, by blowing his fist to his enemies, he used to kill them. So that is how powerful Bhima was. Extremely powerful. So he had an appetite like a bull. And uh, by the way, we should understand, eating more or overeating is not a disqualification if you want to progress in bhakti, not at all. One disciple of Prabhupada went and asked uh, Prabhupada, uh, you know, I like to eat a lot, can I still eat? So Prabhupada said, yes, definitely you can eat. But after eating, you should not sleep. You should go and work and use that energy in the service of the Lord. That is how. If you want to eat more, no problem, but you should work. Just like here, Bhima, he eats a lot. Bhima has wonderful appetite. But Bhima Karma Vikodaraha, Bhima Karma, he used to perform Herculean tasks. Not ordinary tasks. In the Greek mythology, we have heard about Hercules, who used to perform a lot of Herculean tasks. So Bhima is one who eats, but at the same time, he is not lazy, he will not go and sleep. He was very powerful and he used to use his energy in the service of the Lord. Uh, you know, once there was this uh, instance in, uh, in the Virata, before they went to Virata when there was this exile, they were in exile, uh, there was uh, one year which uh, they had to remain as incognito. And that is when uh, there was a moment when there was a threat from an enemy Bhima immediately took the tall tree. The tall tree is huge. He wanted to uproot the tall tree. But they were incognito. Yudhishthira immediately stopped. Hey, come on, Bhima, don't do that. Because if you lift this tall tree, our enemies will get to know that it is you. Because no one else can lift a tall tree. Well, it's only you who can lift. So they will understand that only you have the power and you are here. You don't lift. And then Bhima had to you know, pluck some small tree and fight. So, there are so many instances where Bhima has exhibited his power 
and that is very very uh, interesting. So going forward, we'll try to discuss. And by the way, uh, in this shloka number 15 right now, uh, today uh, we are discussing the chapter one, shloka number 15. So in this shloka number 15 is the last time when Bhima is being mentioned. Earlier, twice Bhima's name has come into uh, uh, Bhagavad Gita, but this is the shloka where Bhima, although He is going to fight in the future, but in the Bhagavad Gita itself, this is the last time his name will be taken. So this is how Bhima Vikodara Panchajanyam Rishi Kesho Devadattam Dhananjaya Pandram Dadno Mahashankam Bhima Karma Vikodara So this is Shloka number 15. Okay, great. So please repeat after me. Ananta Vijayam Raja Kunti Putro Yudhishthira Kunti Putro Yudhishthira Nakulaha Sahadevascha Sugho Shomani Pushpakau Wonderful, very nice. Actually, 16th, 17th and 18th shloka are all combined together. So let's do that 17th and 18th as well. So please repeat after me the 17th shloka. Kashyascha Parameshwashaha Kashyascha Parameshwashaha Shikandicha Maharataha Shikandicha Maharataha Drishta Jumnyo Viratasya Satya Kishya Parajitaha Very nice. Let's go to the 18th words. Drupado Draupadeyasya Drupado Draupadeyasya Sarvashaha Prithvipate Sarvashaha Prithvipate Saubhadrasya Mahabahu Shankhandatmau Prasasvata Wonderful, very nice. So let's repeat the translation as well. Please repeat. King Yudhishthira The son of Kunti Blew his conch shell The Anantavijaya And Nakula and Sahadev blew the Sagosha and Manipushpakau. That great archer, the king of Kashi, the great fighter Shikhandi, Drishtadjumna, Virata, and the unconquerable Satyaki, Drupada, the sons of Draupadi, and the others, O king, such as the son of Subhadra, greatly armed, All blew their respective conscience. 
Thank you so much, Lakshmi. Okay, so here, this is another very uh, interesting word where in the 16th, 17th, and the 18th word, all the different great powerful kings have been mentioned here now. Very powerful kings. And for a Kshatriya, the greatest joy comes when he is decorated with all different types of weapons on his body. You know, when they wear the weapons on their body, they look very powerful and uh, it gives them that boost to fight. You know, for uh, any army personnel who is into defense, he is extremely powerful even when he is wearing a civilian dress. An army man, it is not that he cannot fight when he is not wearing the army dress. He can still fight with the civilian dress also. He is extremely powerful and he knows the signs of warfare. But yet, when our army personnel, they wear the dress, the army dress, it gives them a certain boost. It gives them that consciousness to fight. Extremely powerful. So that is how dress also plays a very important role in executing our actions. See, many people who are saintly, they also wear saffron robes. Saffron robes is to signify that this person belongs to a certain section of the society and he is devoted to the Lord. Similarly, each one of us, the chef in the hotels and all, they also wear their appropriate dress because dress gives a certain type of consciousness to execute our duty our activities, extremely important. So that is why these great kings here who have assembled now, all of them are wearing and decorated with different weapons because for a Kshatriya, when they have all the different kinds of weapons, they are extremely powerful. They start exhibiting their power. And who are those great people here? It is explained that Yudhishthira, he blew his conchal Ananta Vijaya. There was Nakula and Sahadev who also blew their conscience, Subhosa and Manipushpaka and then the Kashi Raja, Kashi Raja we have already explained in the previous verses uh, he was uh, there and the great fighter Shikandi very interesting here Shikandi's name is being taken I just want to briefly touch upon the history of Shikandi this Shikandi is none other than Amba we all know that how Amba had a feud against with uh, Bhishma and we understood that in the last previous session. So the same Amba, she took rebirth as Shikandini in the palace of Drupada in Panchal. So Drupada was always desiring for a son but then he got this daughter Shikandini. So he went and prayed, actually I prayed for Lord Shiva, please bless me with a wonderful son. But then he was born with Shikandini. Then Lord Shiva told him, don't worry, this girl will become a boy. Don't worry, it is your son only. In future she will become a son. Now Drupada had so much faith in the words of Lord Shiva, 
that yes lord shiva has told that chikandini will become a man she will become a boy and i will treat this girl as a boy and that is how this small girl baby chikandini was treated like a boy since the childhood at the age of 7 chikandini also got upanayanam although girls are not given the upanayanam but here chikandini drupada performed the upanayanam ceremony for chikandini and she was trained in all the signs of warfare she was extremely powerful that's why she is a fighter here so drupada was considering this girl child chikandini to be the son like a son he was treating this girl and made her extremely powerful but then what happened was when chikandini uh, became of a marriageable age he had to be married she had to be married now he was uh, a boy in the eyes of the public and drupada said i am going to get my son married this chikandi and uh, they found a king who had a wonderful daughter prince princess and uh, chikandi was married to this princess now marriage was very nicely performed and everything was uh, done and uh, after the marriage the girl the princess who was married to chikandi she got to know oh my god chikandi is not a boy she is a girl this is a big cheating that has happened now she could not become vocal about it so generally when the in the previous uh, yugas in the when there was marriage especially in the kshatriya family royal families the queens the princesses were also assisted with lot of uh, servants maid servants dasis so there was this chinese whispers now the dasis got to know and somehow this news reached the father of this princess he felt cheated by drupada how can this drupada do this he has cheated me and he waged a war against drupada and then uh, there was a lot of you know confusion and the war was about to take place and drupada told this king i am going to prove you you can send your people and i will prove you that this is the son and not a daughter he has given the word drupada drupada was so confident he gave the word now you can prove i am going to prove that my son is shikandi and she is not a daughter guru i take your call very soon please be on my now interestingly what happens here is shikandi felt that this is a very uh, inappropriate uh, episode the situation which has come about and uh, it will bring lot of infamy to my father and it's going to cause lot of uh, turmoil within the family it is better that i leave the palace and go to the forest and that is how shikandi she left the palace and she went into the forest because she didn't wanted all this uh, unnecessary infamy to be come on to drupada and humiliation that uh, drupada had to undergo she went into the forest and there she meets this gandharva a very wonderful gandharva called tumburu so this tumburu understood the whole situation from chikandi and thought for a while and said okay chikandi i can help you so this gandharva told for one day anyway they are going to come tomorrow and they are going to check whether you are a male or a female so let's do one thing for one day i will give my 
male body to you and you give my female body to me we will exchange our genders for one day you go yourself prove yourself to be a man come back next day and we will again exchange that will point so that was an agreement between shikandi shikandini and sumburu gandharva and that is how shikandi goes back with the male body it was proved by whatever methods they used earlier and the king also was confirmed the princess was confirmed yes shikandi is actually now a man and not a girl and next day when shikandini came back to the forest to exchange now what had happened was when as shikandi was there in the palace the same night the head of the kaurava the gandharvas is kubera kubera got to know that this tumburu has become a female and is disrespecting me i will curse him so kubera cursed this tumburu and said you will remain as a female for rest of your life now there is a big problem one day he wanted to exchange but now he has to become a female for the rest of his life so he begged please my lord kubera please somehow help me i don't want to remain like this when will i get my uh, male body back again and that is when kubera told him as long as shikandi is alive you will be in this female body when shikandini will die in the male body you will get your male body back and you will become a male again from the female body so that is how there is a so much of background now this shikandini became shikandi and that shikandi is here fighting uh, on the side of pandavas and uh, she is a very great fighter very very powerful fighter and shikandi who is amba herself became the cause for the death of bhishma very powerful very important role she played here shikandi played a very very important role in mahabharata because that is uh, how bhishma was lying on the bed of arun all right so now very beautifully uh, the different kings are we mentioned there are the sons uh, of draupadi here uh, abhimanyu is here and satyaki i have already mentioned previous verses satyaki was a disciple of uh, dronacharya and arjuna very very powerful fighter so all these people i have got displayed their strength and uh, they're all now blowing their conscience everyone each of these kings are blowing their conscience here and this conscience the sound blown by all this conscience are so powerful that it's creating fear in the heart of the kauravas let's see that in the next word very beautiful word so let's uh, chant the 19th shloka now all right so please repeat after me sabhosho dhatarashtranam सघोषो धात राष्ट्रदारय नभ्य पृथ्वी चुमुभ्यादीज रिपीट एट वॉन्स अगेन घोषो धात राष्ट्रदारय 
नवश्या पृथ्वीशैव तुमुलोभ्यादयन ओके वंडरफुल प्लीज रिपीट द ट्रांसलेशन एज वेल यू कैन बी अ लिटिल लाउडर ट्रांसलेशन द ब्लोइंग ऑफ दीज डिफरेंट कॉन्शियस became uproarious and thus vibrating both in the sky and on the earth it shattered the hearts of the sons of dhritarashtra thank you so much thank you i didn't get your name ma'am Okay, thank you so much, okay, Rama. Okay, I got it now. Okay, okay, thank you so much. Actually, I was a little confused with the name. That's why. Okay. I'm very glad that you are here, there, uh, Rama, today. Thank you so much for being wonderful. <laughs> I couldn't see you earlier. Okay. Just give me a second. I just want to check uh, all those who are here today, and let me check my chat section also. Okay, so interestingly now in this uh, sloka number ninety, it is very nicely mentioned that how the conscience blown by the Pandavas are divine. They are not ordinary, but they are divya shankhao. They are divine conscience, and because this conscience are blown. it is creating it is shattering the hearts of the sons of dhritarashtra but on the contrary when the kauravas they blew their conscience like bhishma and everybody else there was no such shattering of the hearts on the side of the pandavas pandavas were very happy but now when the pandavas are nicely blowing all the conscience it is creating a fear in the kauravas Duryodhana is fearful now. Oh my God! The arrangement of this military phalanx of the Pandavas is extremely powerful. At the same time, these guys are very powerful, so it's creating fear. But Pandavas were not fearful. The only reason is because Pandavas had taken the shelter of Krishna. Pandavas were always dependent. on the mercy of the lord throughout mahabharata we will see that how beautifully these pandavas were so devoted to the supreme lord krishna that in every turbulent situation they only remembered the supreme lord we all know that beautiful instance you know when uh, the pandavas were in the exile and uh, draupadi and everybody is in the forest and draupadi was blessed with this divine akshay patra and that time duryodhana he very nicely wanted to take advantage of the situation and he tricked he actually sent this uh, durvasa muni two pandavas 
Not just Dhruva sir, but Dhruva sir along with 60,000 disciples. All of them, they were taken to this forest. And there, Dhruva sir tells the Pandavas, I have come with my disciples, please feed me now. And when he actually came, it, uh, had, it so happened that Draupadi had taken the last grain because Akshay Patra could produce unlimited food. But unfortunately, that particular day, she had already consumed the last grain because when Draupadi takes the last grain from the Akshay Patra, it will not produce any more food. And that day, she had already taken and Durvasa had entered. And we know Durvasa. At uh, the drop of, drop of an hat, he will become angry. That is how powerful he was. He will get angry instantaneously. That is Duruvasa's uh, uh, nature. And now, Pandavas were completely anxious. How do we do? What do we do? 60,000 disciples. All they could do was remember the Supreme Lord Krishna. And that is how Krishna comes there. Just by the remembrance of Draupadi and the Pandavas and there he takes that one grain which was sticking to the pot Krishna takes that one grain and moment he takes Durvasa and all his 60,000 disciples all of them were full their bellies were full and in fact they ran away from there because now they have actually told that they will come and have the feast but now they are feeling full and if they don't eat anything, that will be a very dangerous thing. So instead of facing that uh, embarrassment, Durvasa Muni and all his disciples just left from the river itself, they never came back again. So you see how Krishna protected Not once, many, many, many times when Draupadi was disrobed, all that she could do, none of these Pandavas also could help. Is it not? None of the Pandavas could help Draupadi in that Asat Sabha. Her own husband, five husbands, could not protect her. And she was trying to protect herself. But the Dushyasana was so powerful. He was trying to disturb her. She used all her strength, but she could not. And when she realized that, no, I cannot protect myself from Dushyasana, that is when she raised both her hands. And then she called out, Govinda, please protect me. She called out Krishna's name, lifting both her hands. That is the sign of surrender. That's why many times when we go to the temple also, it is a very good thing that, you know, we should raise our hands. Raise our hands in front of the Lord, saying that, my Lord, I have surrendered unto you. It represents your surrenderance. When you raise your hands, it is a sign of surrenderance to the Lord. So that is what Draupadi did. She raised both her hands and surrendered. And until then, Krishna also did not come. Only when you raise your hands, then Krishna comes and protects Draupadi. So, my dear listeners, it is extremely important that in our life, we may have a lot of talents. We are blessed with uh, some talents and we want to uh, excel in those talents. We want to excel in certain fields of knowledge. All great, wonderful. That is wonderful. Appreciate all that. But at the same time, whenever we exhibit, when we use this talent, we should give the credit to the Supreme Lord. The Pandavas did that. Arjuna was such a powerful person, so talented person, but always he was surrendered to the Lord. And that is very much evident now. It is, it is very evident in the Bhagavad Gita itself. His surrender. We will see that in the future verses. How 
Arjuna surrenders to the Supreme Lord. So that is extremely important. If you want to become fearless, if you want to become free from fear, all types of fear, the root cause of all the fear is the fear of death. But when you are practice spirituality, when you understand the knowledge of the Bhagavad Gita, you will very clearly understand that you are not this body, you are the spirit soul. And this itself is such a relieving thing. I'll tell you, it's a very relieving thing. In my college days, there was a situation when I used to get nightmares. There were days in the night I used to wake up out of fear. I don't know what, but I used to wake up with fear of death. I used to feel as if I'm going to die. And somehow by the mercy, the causeless mercy of my spiritual master, I came across the wonderful book written by Swami Prabhupada, Life Comes From Life. And it clearly explained to me that how I am not this body, we all are the spirit soul. And soul does not have death. And that was such a revelation for me. Oh my God, I am not going to die. What is dying is this body. That gave me so much of confidence. And that is exactly what Krishna will do to Arjuna also in the Bhagavad Gita by speaking the science of the soul going forward. So, if you want to take out the fear within you, surrender to the Supreme Lord and it is guaranteed he will reciprocate. He will definitely reciprocate. Yes, the book name is Life Comes From Life. It is a conversation between Swami Prabhupada and the scientist. And it's a very beautiful conversation. There are 16 morning walks. I will just type that in the comment section, life comes from life. So, so now, let's go to the next word, very interesting word and uh, today we will wind up with this uh, last word, that is 20th word and by the way, by completing the 20th word, we will also complete the Subsection B, the signs of victory and after this we are going to enter the new phase of chapter 1 in the next week. But today let's uh, go ahead with this wonderful uh, shloka and that is the 20th verse. Please repeat after me. Atavyavastitan drishtva Pravrate Shastra Sampate Dhano Rudyamya Pandava Rishikesham Dadavakyam Idam Mahamahipate Wonderful, very nice. Please repeat the translation. O King, at the time Arjuna, the son of Pandu, who was seated in his chariot, his flag marked with Hanuman, took up his bow, and prepared to shoot his arrows. Looking at the sons of Dhritarashtra, O king, 
Arjuna then spoke to Rishikesha Krishna these words. Wonderful. So this is a very interesting verse now and this is how in this 20th verse there is the description of how Sanjaya is now telling King Dhritarashtra Oh King, just look at this Arjuna He is having Kapitdhvaja What is Kapitdhvaja? A flag marked with the symbol of Hanuman In uh, our day to day also when we are in the traffic sometimes you see a lot of vehicles Behind the vehicles they have this Kapitdhvaja I'm sure some of you must have observed in the bikes and cars behind they have this Kapit Bhuja, Hanuman behind the vehicle. This is not why they all want to also have Hanuman on their vehicle just like Arjuna had his Kapit Bhuja on his vehicle, on the chariot. So that's a good thing. But by the way, we should know that this Bhaja was not some impersonal Bhaja. Hanuman was actually there on the flag. So, there is a very beautiful instance when the Pandavas were in the exile and in the exile once Bhima encountered Hanuman and there was a discussion between both of them and that is how you know they got to know that both are Vayuputras and then uh, Hanuman had promised Bhima that I will be there in the Kurukshetra war in the future when you are fighting against the Kauravas and when I come there on the battlefield I will support you by roaring I will create roars <laughs> and that is how when there was war happening between Kauravas and Pandavas this Hanuman sitting on the flag was creating thunderous sounds he was roaring like anything and just by the roar the hearts of the soldiers and the warriors used to be shattered. That is how powerful Hanuman was, sitting on the flag. By the way, there is another instance of how there was Arjuna also, once he encountered Hanuman and there was a discussion between both of them and Arjuna asked Hanuman, why did you build the bridge of stones and rocks when you wanted to cross this ocean and go to Lanka. You could have just shot an arrow and you could have built a bridge of arrows. It would be so easy, isn't it? And that is when Hanuman said, uh, yes, we would have tried that, but that would not support. Arrows, bridge, oh, that would not support the weight. But Arjuna was a little puffed up, you know, he wanted to show his strength. And Arjuna said, I will do that. And Arjuna shot arrows and actually Arjuna created a bridge of arrows. Hanuman was astonished, oh that's wonderful. And then Hanuman goes and jumps on the bridge and he walks on it and nothing is happening, it's all very stable. And Hanuman says, oh you are very great Arjuna, you are wonderful. But then Arjuna realized that actually the bridge of arrows was supported by Krishna standing below the bridge and he was actually taking care of the weight of Hanuman and he was supporting it and that really made Arjuna very humble and although both now Hanuman and Arjuna together had the darshan of Krishna 
Arjuna had darshan of Krishna, Hanuman had darshan of Rama. And Hanuman was so pleased by this whole episode and he blessed Arjuna at this instant and he told, I will personally be on the flag. I have already given promise Bhima that I will come into the battlefield, but now I promise you I will be on your flag, on the Dhvaja and I will roar and shatter the hearts of the Kauravas. So that is how Kapit Dhvaja, so he has come here now, so Hanuman is also here right now and wherever there is Hanuman, there is victory because Hanuman also fought for Ramachandra against Ravana and the same Hanuman is again fighting on the side of Krishna here in the battle of Kurukshetra. So wonderful, it is very beautiful here. And then it is said that how this, uh, yeah, he took the bow, prepared to shoot his arrows looking at the sons of Dhritarashtra. One very important thing I also want to share with all of you and that is during this whole 13 years of exile, the Pandavas were not unproductive. They were very, very productive. You know, they are lost now, they are very morose, they all into depression and lazy. No, they had not become like that. In fact, this 13 years became an impetus for them to prepare for the war. And Arjuna was one who was going and practicing and getting more and more power. He went and got the Pashupatastra from Lord Shiva and continuously he was on expedition. They were continuously improving themselves and preparing themselves for the war. So they were never un unproductive. So many times during especially in this lockdown time, don't lose your time in unproductive things. Be very productive and use your time in understanding the Bhagavad Gita, understanding the meaning of human life. And I think that will be really, really very nice. So with this, I wanted to conclude today's section. Uh, I really appreciate all of you for being here. And I'm going to be uh, for some more time on Open Talk. Please stay online. I'll take all your questions. So now, today we have discussed the 20 shlokas. We have completed the first 20 shlokas of the Bhagavad Gita chapter 1 and we have completed two subsections of the chapter 1 and next week we will enter the third section and that is where we will understand what is Arjuna going to speak here Sanjay is saying Aha Mahipate O Dhritarashtra very sarcastically saying Aha Mahipate look at what Arjuna is now going to speak so in the 21st shloka Arjuna is now going to speak. This is the first time in the Bhagavad Gita Arjuna is going to speak. So let me take some questions now. I see there are some questions here. Uh, so Vinod Chandra is saying that Prashant, I will take your call very soon. Please stay online. What was the average age of a person during that time? So since this was, it was Dwapar Yuga and Dwapar Yuga, it was ending of Dwapar Yuga. So this Kurukshetra happened between almost at the end of Dwapar Yuga and the lifespan of an average human being was 125 years, 150 years. That was an average lifespan during that time. Okay, I see Deepali Madam had joined earlier uh, and I, uh, I wish that you can join next week as well. Please join us next week, that will be really nice. Uh, and I also had uh, last year this time, very nice to have you. Okay, last year he is asking, does that bridge exist still today, like Ram Setu? 
I don't think so. Unfortunately, we don't have that bridge right now. Uh, <laughs> Ram Setu is still visible, but we need to find if uh, this uh, bridge of uh, Arjuna is also existing. We need to understand. Okay, Lakshya and Jayati are friends. Oh, wonderful! Very nice to know that both of you have joined today. And Vinod is asking. You mentioned about Arjuna destroying the forest. Um, Mother Nature. No, actually, that was <laughs> very interesting. You know, is that not deforestation? Actually, that forest was infested with a lot of serpents and especially Takshaka. That had become the home for Takshaka and they were creating a lot of nuisance there. And that whole Khandava Prasta was, uh, the forest was giving a lot of protection to these snakes which were not allowing any others to inhabit and be productive. And that is why this forest had to be destroyed and also it acted like a herb because Agni is very powerful. You just give him one plant, two plants, it will really not satisfy Agni and it will not eradicate his stomach. So he had to eat the whole forest. Agni is very powerful. So he, that is how Agni consumed the whole forest and got rid of the stomach. By the way, the result of consuming that forest was the beautiful Indraprastha. Indraprastha was created by Pandavas in that Khandaprastha which was a barren land. And they created that whole beautiful Indraprastha in that barren land. So that is why there was no offense against uh, destroying that forest. So that was not deforestation at all. Alright, so uh, we have discussed a uh, nice day uh, about 6-7 slokas today. So next week we will dive deeper into the next section and it's going to be very interesting. So uh, looking forward to see all of you again next Sunday. Thank you so much for joining. So I am ending the session right now. Uh, thank you very much for joining.